You're listening to Zeitgeist Banana, a podcast all about the English language. My name's Gideon, and I'm in Las Palmas de Gran Canaria. And on this podcast, you'll be listening to the amazing, the incredible, the brilliant, the fantastic me. And I'm also joined by John. Hello, John. Hello. I'd, yeah, I, really? Are you that good? Did you like my introduction? That was amazing. Yeah, I was. I was like, "This isn't me." He's talking about, and then <laughs> then I realized. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Well, I I agree with everything you said about yourself. Okay. No, it is a pleasure. You know, I'm teasing you. I always tease you, John. But it is a pleasure to to have you with with me. You're in London with us. You're in London. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's always a pleasure. Um, I'm jealous of your situation, but you know, let's not go into that. Well, I can briefly say that I am in uh, uh, Las Palmas in the Gran Canaria, Gran Canarias, and it's a long story. But uh, I was supposed to be going back to Paris, but uh, there's apparently there's a there's an epidemic of some sort there, and people can't go out that much. Did you hear about it? Uh, no, nothing like that in London. Everything's fine here. Okay. Right. So, yeah. But I, I did get a phone call from a French gendarme and asking about you and your tax affairs or something like that. So I gave, okay. gave him all your details. So don't worry. You, you okay. might be getting a knock on the door soon. Yes. I, I'm not in a tax exile, I should say. I'm in an <laughs> epidemic exile. So today's podcast is about cliches about britain mm. Ooh. and yeah today i'm gonna to get a few things off my chest there are lots of cliches and i was watching i won't say what it is i was watching a video on youtube about cliches about britain and well it wasn't called that it says what life is like in britain it was full of these cliches you hear every day and I think well, we better stop this because people believe all this stuff. And I wanted to go through some of the things on this list and just see if you agree with it or don't agree with it, John, and to give a, a wide perspective to the audience and maybe look at some cliches about some other nationalities too as well. Mm -hmm. come up as well, because this is one of the things that drive me crazy. We, we we judge too quickly we make decisions based on people's nationality and stuff like that and it's it's uh, frankly i find it a bit annoying you know yeah but it sounds very interesting though i'm intrigued okay well let's go through a few of them and we'll see so let me tell you a quick story the first time i spent a considerable amount of time abroad was in my early 20s when I went to Spain to teach English, believe it or not. Mm. And I was, I was just an English guy going to Spain. But when I went there, I was confronted with all these cliches about Britain and also myself because uh, listeners don't know this, but, uh, you know, I have a certain, uh, shall we say, mixed heritage, mm. mixed ethnic background. But to me, I'm English, and all my friends in England, I'm English. I was born in England. My parents were. But I came to Spain. This is a long time ago. I think things have changed. It's a bit more international now in Madrid. And the first conversations I had with people were always the same. Hello, my name's Gideon. 
Oh, hello. Where are you from? I'm I'm English. Okay, but where are you from originally? From England. Okay, but where are your parents from? From from England. But what what what? <laughs> you know, to go on every time. It was, every time and then i heard the same clichés about the weather and about the bad english food etc etc and i never knew this existed till i went and so i thought i we should put the record straight john we should yeah so it's... i'm going to give you a, a list of a few of these things because some of them might be there might be some truth in some of them let's see so first of all let's talk about english people always talk about the weather is that true? I wouldn't have said so. No, I mean, I suppose it depends on the situation. I mean, maybe small talk that that would be a common topic, wouldn't it? With somebody you don't really know, it's possible you would talk about that. But do we always speak about the weather? I'm not sure. Really sure we do. No, and I, and I think it's the same any country which has four seasons. <laughs> I mean, like France, even Spain, or any country that has four seasons, the small talk will begin with uh, something about the weather. And it's no different in Britain or France or, or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm not really sure about that. I mean, I would say that it's possible we do speak more about it just because our weather varies a bit more. I mean, if you compare it to... Gran Canaria, for example, I from yeah, what well, you've just told me. Yeah, so that's an exception. That's an exception. <laughs> well, no, sure. That's an exception. But I yeah. think if you're in Paris or London, there's a great difference, or you're in Berlin when, you know, you have very changeable weather. Yeah, I think anywhere that has changeable weather, potentially you're going to speak about the weather to some extent on you as small talk, definitely. Yeah, people like to talk about something non-controversial when they meet somebody for the first time. Mm. Or just to break the ice, but I don't see it. But we spend hours discussing the, the minutiae of the winds and the, the rain and whatever. We definitely don't spend hours. That's no. very true. No, so we don't. So you agree? We don't talk about the weather all the time, or more than other people. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, next next one is about the weather. It's always raining in Britain. Cloudy and raining all the time. That's the only weather. Mm. that's not true it's not true is it no it's well, in it's, london it in london it's an interesting one because i guess the stereotype typically comes from london as well which always puzzles me whether in the past london was more rainy and over time it's become less rainy i'm not really sure but yes i mean in london you know i'm sure you would agree we don't normally get much rain at all um, yeah, well, you can't tell this, even if you show the statistics, because actually in London, it's one of the least rainy cities in Europe. It's less than Paris, less mm -hmm. than Milan, less than most European cities. I think exception is Madrid and there's one other. I was checking the list mm. and no, it doesn't rain very much. And what's, what's funny, because I live in France and when you speak to French people, Often, yeah, I'm going on to some cliches about French. But when they talk about French weather, they'll say, yeah, oh, in the south, it's warm. Uh, but then you get the wind, the Mistral coming across. And in the east, it's cold. And in the west, it's like this. You have the Atlantic. Nah, 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 nah. And then when they talk about Britain, they go, oh, it's just, it's just rainy, cloudy and rainy all the time. <laughs> we just have one weather. There's we no do. Nuance. We only have There's one. There's no, no nuance. But, 
But you do have parts of Britain which which uh, rain a lot, like uh, Glasgow and Cardiff, I think, and few and um, Manchester. Manchester, I think. Yeah. E- yeah. Even Birmingham. I mean, staying with my with my brother over Christmas, I realised that it, you know, I mean, it definitely rains more in Birmingham than it does in London. Um, yeah. You know that that is a a fact, I think. And yeah. I think it's the you looking up all of those cities though, and and seeing the rain that they have is interesting because I think. I remember when I was living in Italy in Bologna, I don't know about Bologna, whether it has more rain than London or not. But I think the key is, is that, for example, in Bologna, if it rained, it would rain for two or three or even sometimes four days in a row. Mm. And then, you know, just solidly, whereas in the UK or certainly in London, it's very unusual for you to have a wet day for the whole day. It does happen, but very very rarely i mean i guess you get showers or it rains overnight things like that and i think that's the reason why you get a lot more rain in other cities because it does rain solidly for a good few days whereas here it's kind of showers bits and yeah bots. but it been but it does rain less in london i mean that is mm. the statistics it's just oh. quite not a rainy city and when i say this when i show the statistics to people <laughs> get obsessed they say ah oh, that's because it doesn't rain a lot but it's always dark and cloudy <laughs> and raining a little bit so it's yeah. less water because <clears> no <throat> that's also false if you look at the number of sunny days it's, <laughs> it's actually uh, london does quite well yeah the other parts of the uk is true other parts it is rainy but uh yeah uh, but they don't believe you no one you can never convince people of that this this cliche is so strong yeah it it is interesting though isn't it i mean i think um it's possible that it's it's something to do with when people visit london for, for example maybe when they were younger you know, and they went on an exchange trip or a language trip or something like that. They used to arrive in, in, you know, kind of term time, like in November or February or something like that. Maybe those are more common times for people to arrive because obviously in November or February, you're more likely to get gray weather, aren't you? You you know, certainly in November, you're more likely to get more rain. Maybe that's... Possibly, yeah. Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe yeah. yeah. But also maybe it's something to do with the pollution in london perhaps in the past you know i'm talking about probably dating back to the 60s or 50s there was more rain because the pollution helped create that i don't know well no, no i'm not sure about rain but this comes on to my another point actually because i did a little bit of research uh mm. from uh, asked a few foreigners <laughs> before who, who who their cliches of london before they arrived and and one of them was fog and they thought they came to London. Goes, where's the fog? You expect it to be <laughs> this this pea soup fog covering the city, blanketing the city the whole time. You know, no fog, and it, it, it's, it's it's there's no fog in London, is there? Like one or two days a year, maybe. Yeah, you you very rarely get fog. I mean, in fact, um, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago it was a little bit foggy, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, that's strange. It's because yeah, it's very it, because it was true in the past, it wasn't fog, it was smog, wasn't it? Because of the the chimneys, and they stopped that in the early 60s, but the the cliche remains. They, they stopped people burning chimneys in their homes. Yeah, exactly. Chimps, and, burning things. Yeah, and it, it's almost like this cliche comes from Victorian times. It's, it comes from like Sherlock Holmes or something like that. 
um, which is curious, isn't it? Uh, oh yes. But 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 yeah. also also films perpetuate it. I mean, like for example, I don't know if you've seen Paddington, Paddington, any of the Paddington films. Yeah. They, they would they would have London <laughs> raining because they like to perpetuate this cliche, which I okay. think is quite nice. I like the Paddington films. Paddington Two is a great film. Yeah, this, this is, is true. Story. Surprisingly, this is a surprisingly great film. Yeah, but did you notice that it, they do perpetuate this cliche in the films? Um, well, I see that cliche so often, I can't remember. But yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but also they call London the smoke as well, don't they? Yeah. For yeah, that reason. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Okay, moving on from the weather. We agree mainly here. Yeah. British people love to queue. <laughs> it's interesting. Mm. Now, now, I used to kind of believe this, but I did some non-scientific research uh-huh. and I don't see any difference. I've been to, to in, in, I say I live in Paris or here in Canary Islands or in, even in Italy, uh, they say it's really chaotic and no one respects the queue, but I haven't noticed that. I haven't really noticed much of a difference. If you, if you uh, push in in a queue in Paris, they, they, they don't like it at all. Mm. In, the, in the in the boulangerie, no, I, I don't see any difference. I don't. We're, we're super respectful for clues, cues. Do you agree? Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's just this idea that that people uh, kind of go along with it more likely here. I suppose um, people don't object so much. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have had situations in Italy where people don't haven't really respected it, but I guess that a lot of that would be kind of a bit regional rather than um, throughout the whole of Italy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a curious one. I, I mean, I think there's one one time when we don't queue at all is is for the bus. Oh yeah, we don't we don't do that, do we? No, but you, you kind of look around and see. You don't queue. There's no bus queue, but you no. look around to see who was there before you, don't you? Is that right? I don't get a bus that often <laughs> in London. Yeah, so. well, I don't know. Yeah, with the bus queue, it, I guess it doesn't really matter because there's not normally that many people getting on the bus anyway, and so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I agree, though. I mean, certainly other countries, people generally respect queues i mean i remember in russia at the airport they they didn't care at all they people just would you know i don't know go through and make an excuse and that was it okay which i found quite curious um but maybe that was just a particular situation i don't know i don't know if that was normal okay so there might be a tiny bit of truth in it but not that much then you're saying well yeah but i i think maybe yeah i don't know maybe countries in general have uh, have become more fond of queuing and we've just stayed the same maybe (laughs) that's that's true (laughs) is it interesting to know how this epidemic has changed the world when we start having to you know interact with each other in close proximity in, in the future be better cures or whatever 
Well, perhaps people have realized it's much better to say two meters away in a queue um, because you don't have to make small talk about the weather. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange in the Canary Islands because like, maybe it's the same in Spain, but in some signs it says keep one meter apart. And there are other signs say come 1.5 meters. And there are others say two meters. And they won't make up their mind. There are like, different rules for different places. Mm. And, but I don't think it's because of the virus or oh, the virus in this department store insists on two meters but the virus here it's just only one meter oh, just seems a bit strange mm. uh, but that's to do with queuing as well it makes i think it makes people more aware of the queues though they need mm. to know where to stand so it's changing it's going to change the culture yeah you know, well i think people yeah i think people in general will more likely respect queues won't they it'd just be interesting to see if people continue to distance themselves in queues yeah, yeah. Mm. okay moving on uh, english food is very bad mm. <clears throat> we've spoken about this a few times haven't we yeah okay well so so briefly then english food is bad isn't it this is what everyone says oh i don't want to go to england because the food's bad Mm. Yeah, well, that's not true, is it? I mean, it probably was true in the 80s or 90s, uh, I guess, in the sense that there wasn't the care and attention put on, on food, was there? But I mean, certainly since, you know, I guess since the 90s, food has improved a tremendous amount in terms of restaurants, yeah. hasn't it? I I agree. I think one thing you can say about england or london especially because i spent most of my time in london is that uh, uh londoners do foreign food very well mm. they don't yeah. eat that much english food i don't know i don't i don't when i'm in london i think oh let's go for an english i think maybe that's that true we don't sense. actually eat that much a little bit but not that much you usually go for if you're in london you go for something uh international yeah, well, I think the stereotype comes from the idea that we don't celebrate our food in mm -hmm. the same way other cultures do. I mean, yeah. the idea of having an English restaurant doesn't really exist, does it? You'd go to a pub. And yeah. I think often, which again, I think we've spoken about before, often the, the idea that food is not very good is because, you you know, you maybe end up going to a chain restaurant or, you know, a chain pub maybe. Um, don't want to mention the chain pub in particular but you know what the one i'm talking about where it's very standard fare but even that particular pub it's not that bad uh, yeah it's cheap and cheerful but you know it's designed not to be necessarily amazing yeah. isn't it? and if and if it's cheap often if the food isn't going to be that fresh isn't it? it's going to be pre-prepared microwaved or whatever so so you know, if, if it's, you get what you pay for in a way, don't you? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I'd recommend to anybody to go to a gastro pub. Yeah, you know, a pub absolutely. that specialises on in food, and you know, there's definitely good care and attention in terms of beer or, or ales and and the like. If if that is your thing, I mean, mm -hmm. I often get um, people who come over to London and they they're really love the beer and and mm. you know, enjoy that kind of culture and there's a wide range of beers there's lots of different beers that you can sample which i think is a very nice thing uh you're making me nostalgic now 
<laughs> you can come back. <laughs> come back for the beer. Why do you come back to be in lockdown for three months? So well, I came back. I came back for the beer. <laughs> even um, though you can't go to a right. pub. Yeah. Even though you can't go to a pub. So they do takeaway. Uh, I guess so. I suppose so. I'm not really sure. Well, they're walking they do down the street the with pint of lagers. No. Yeah. Pint of, I mean, pint of bitter. I think some some places you could possibly do it. Not really sure. Okay. Not tried recently. I will send one by post to me. <laughs> I will. Okay, DHL. <laughs> I will. Next one. Oh, I love the English sense of humor. Was that your German accent funny? again? It was a foreign accent. There was foreign no accent. non-specific <laughs> no, foreign not country. I just have this general uh, foreign accent. Mm. So is it true English have a good sense of humor? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a curious one because I remember in Italy, the idea of having an English sense of humor was actually not seen as a positive thing, which I found curious. Oh. I don't know why. And and nobody could really explain to me why. But yeah, it wasn't, it was seen as being a bit weird or a bit odd. It wasn't seen as being good. Ah, uh, yeah. You, yes, you, you, you remind me that like, sometimes in the classroom, I make a joke. And sometimes, probably most times, people don't find it funny. And they look at each other and uh, a bit bemused and say, what? "Oh, that is the English humour," and like, which is a polite way of saying that, that wasn't funny at all. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think the idea of British humour exists in every country. I mean, I would suggest that we're quite satirical, quite sarcastic, quite dark. But I think that kind of humor exists everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, I have, a, I have a theory. You find funny people everywhere, of course. You'll agree with that wherever you go. And you find people have no sense of humor at all. But British TV and things like that, they're a bit more edgy. I think they're more likely to get something which is, should we say, risk-taking that you'd never see again i'm compared to france and on french tv it's all very safe the comedy very very safe but i'm thinking i know going back you know monty python blackadder peep show that those sort of comedy you probably wouldn't get through the i know the some uh, the the filter in in some countries yeah, I mean, I think we've got lots of freedom when it comes to comedy in this country, don't we? And, you know, I think that obviously, you know, maybe that's the reason why British humour is seen as being quite unique, because it's quite, I would argue it's groundbreaking in the sense that it's almost a social commentary, isn't it, on yeah. what's happening at the moment. And yeah, you can take lots of risks and nobody's going to say anything about it, are they? I mean, very occasionally they, you get complaints from public, but I think it has to be quite extreme for that to happen. Yeah. It used to be when you went abroad, it was like the 90s and things, uh, maybe until recently, they say, oh, you're British. Oh, you're British. I love Mr. Bean. <laughs> that was the first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
But Which I but, guess we like Mr. Bean, but it's not really what you first think of when you think of English comedy in England, anyway. But, no, uh, not at all. And I think Mr. Bean, obviously, it's a very international thing, isn't it? It's kind of slapstick comedy. And I think slapstick comedy is something that translates very well internationally, isn't it? But I think with Rowan Atkinson, who's the chap that plays Mr. Bean, I think most British people would relate to things like Black Adder, where he's you know, very sarcastic and dark. Yeah. Whereas we would never relate to him typically as Mr. Bean, which I think is exactly. very, very interesting. Because, yeah, uh, internationally, Mr. Bean in Britain would be Blackadder, which I would recommend to any of the listeners to watch. Because Yes, yes, if brilliant. you don't know, watch uh, Blackadder. Mm. Yeah, that, that's funny. Love that. Yeah. But um, but it's funny because it, it is dark and, and sarcastic, isn't it? Yeah. Which I think Rowan Atkinson is very good at doing that. And also seeing the contrast between Mr. Bean and Blackadder just shows you how good he is as a performer because there's such a difference. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Okay, so let's move on from comedy. Got a couple more here. We are too polite. British people super polite. <laughs> John, you polite? Uh, don't remember you ever being polite. <laughs> Thank you very much. You, 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 people you, who make this cliche never met John. <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? That, uh, yeah, of course, uh, I think British people are, are polite. But in terms of these polite we say, sort of salutations, I think in, in France beats everywhere. The, fr the French, I was inc incredible when you buy, like, even buy like a coffee in France that they, they would say, uh, you know, uh, um, merci, bon dégustation, bon journée, au revoir. That'd be four or five salut salutations just when you're buying coffee. And in England, it's like, okay, here you are. Thanks, bye, whatever. So, but the, in France, it's the whole level. And when you enter a shop, they will say, Ah, bonjour, and you leave, bonjour, yeah. But in, in England, you, you walk into a shop and no one says anything, apart from it's like a trendy clothes shop. When you leave, no one says anything. Mm. And, but so there's different, depends on the country. I think every country pol has polite people. And uh, I, I think, yeah, we are polite, but I don't know if we're that much more than anywhere else. What do you think? I think it's polite in different ways, isn't it? I mean, I think each country is polite in certain circumstances aren't they i mean i think politeness in the uk can be quite an old-fashioned idea isn't it in the sense that maybe our parents generation were were more reserved in that respect so i think politeness is often connected to some extent to tact yeah if that's fair to say where i i've always been intrigued why where a lot of foreigners would say oh well you can never tell what the british are thinking because they're they're just too polite and i think that's an interesting cultural point because mm -hmm. often i would say that's about tact and need to say something you know because i mean yes you could have a negative situation but is there any point in commenting on it from a british point of view often we think okay, fine, that's happened, but is there any point in saying anything about it? Because then you have a negative situation. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily about politeness. It's about tact to some extent, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll just break in to remind you that if you're learning English and you want to listen to more of John's lovely voice, then head over to English with Monty, where you can hear John's podcast that'll help you improve your English. I think there might be a linguistic point as well here because in English, because we don't have like, you know, the twos and the vus and things like that, you have to speak in a more roundabout way. You have to use conditionals and stuff like that. So it sounds very polite. Would you mind doing this? I'd be, I'd be very grateful. Uh, would you like? So there's a lot of that in mm. the English language. So, that, so to uh, foreigner, where the language might be more direct, give me this. It could sound very polite. Yeah. And I guess that's just the language, isn't it? The, the way yeah. the language is used. Yeah, because as you say, there's different ways of showing politeness, isn't there, in other languages, which are more formalized in a way, aren't they? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, moving on. No, we love... <laughs> can it, sorry, I just wanted to add something else. But if okay, you okay. go for tea with the Queen um, at five o'clock in the afternoon, which is another cliche... You would have to say, may I go to the bathroom rather than could I go to the bathroom? Because that's, that's obviously much more polite. I remember that next time I'm having tea with the Queen, which is by coincidence <laughs> is the very thing I'm talking about next. And oh, wow. Is, we love tea and we always drink tea at 4 p.m. is it? I don't know. We love tea. British people love tea. They don't drink coffee. They love tea. Mm. And as someone, you know, as you know, I'm kind of obsessed with coffee. Uh, I'm a big coffee drinker. I love. I really love coffee, uh, and uh, I do like tea. I do like tea. Yeah, but I think maybe it used to be true that British people loved tea, uh, but we're going back uh, thirty, forty, even more years. But recently, I think that's totally changed. And statistically, now British people do drink more coffee than tea. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it's a generational thing, isn't it, to some extent? I mean, my parents would always drink tea. Yeah, that's true. Are um, you? You coffee? Um, yeah, coffee normally tea. I would have coffee. I did. I do go through phases where I do drink tea, but, yeah, normally I would have coffee. That's one of the things I miss about London, actually, is the coffee, believe it or not, because I'm here in the Canary Islands in Gran Canaria, and there are only two good cafes, which sells, which sells real good quality coffee, and good quality milk, they, because most cafes, they just use this plastic milk, not fresh milk, <laughs> uh, UHT milk, uh, which tastes disgusting in coffee. And they use bad quality coffee. So there's only two places I found on a website, which is good. But in London, it's really your spot for choice. So, um, and in Spain generally, it's, it's pretty mediocre, shall we say. So so really the opposite is true, I think, uh, um, that London is a great place for coffee and tea. So come here when you can after the epidemic and enjoy your food, tea and coffee. Yeah, definitely. I, I think with coffee, though, you'd probably have to choose wisely in terms of where you go. I mean, I, I've had Italians on, on a few occasions remark at how bad the coffee is in, in London. And I'm always puzzled by the idea. Because it's like, well, clearly you haven't been to somewhere good. And I think the difference yeah. is, you know, in Italy, you'd go everywhere and, and the quality has to be very good. Whereas here, you have to know where to go. Well, I, I kind of disagree with you because I, yeah. I, I lived for a time in Italy and the coffee was good. I agree. 
but rarely great really okay. really okay. amazing mm. uh, uh there was like this traditional uh, italian coffee which is a good standard yeah i agree better than the standard in other parts of europe however these i think in the last like 10 years 15 years 20 years maybe there are this sort of third generation of cafes that have opened up in you know major european cities and that take coffee to to another level and really much better that's my humble <laughs> humble opinion Okay, but and using really good quali- good quality beans, good quality water, good quality milk, mm. and it really t- takes it to a different level. And where were you in Italy when you spent your time in Italy? I was in Perugia. Ooh, okay, yeah. But I spent some time in Rome and other parts of Italy as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it was very good. It was good, but not amazing. You disagree yeah. with me? No, well, I don't know. I think it's a tricky one. I mean, I think. It depends. I'm one element that I kind of get a little bit frustrated in somewhere like Italy is it's quite difficult for them to to change things. Um, I mean, somewhere like Bologna, where I lived, was is pretty good in the respect that they would try new things and you could get interesting things that perhaps in other parts of Italy you wouldn't get. So, I mean, when I went okay. a few years ago with um, my American friends, an American couple, and you can get like iced coffee in Bologna, which is, you know, relatively easy to get. Whereas I would argue in other parts of Italy, you wouldn't. Um, I think, I think, yeah, that's just kind of a very traditional staid idea quite often of how you should be. So often there isn't, a progress or a progressive idea as to something evolving and something getting better. It's like, okay, this is like this and therefore it has to stay like this. Mm. And for me, that was an element that I found a little bit frustrating because it's like, well, yes, but you could make it even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah. I guess we could have a whole nother show, but maybe have the <laughs> podcast about where maybe this this is past our remit, but about Italian cliches. A lot about a lot of things about uh, Italy and other cliches, which maybe like, uh, for example, I know pizzas. I was surprised. I went to uh, where I lived in Italy. I thought, wow, there are some great pizzas in Italy, but there are some very bad ones as well. How is it possible that bad pizza in Italy? But yeah, wherever you go, you get good and bad. People who know how to cook, people who know know how to make coffee, people who don't. So yeah, quite a few places to tackle elsewhere as well. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean that's true of each country, isn't it? Really, but it's um, yeah. I mean, I I used to find in Italy often it was about whether it was a tourist area as well. If if it's a tourist area, the idea of finding good food was pretty difficult, and it was normally expensive. That covers about ninety percent of Italy, doesn't it? (laughs) No, well, no. No, I mean, I, okay, I just mean very, very, yeah, but very central areas, as in the yeah. very typical areas where tourists yeah. would go. So, yeah, yeah it's true. You're, you're right. Okay, I've got one more, and I think this one is going to be controversial. Ooh. We may have different opinions. Ooh. British people love the Queen, <laughs> and they're all family. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, it's going to be interesting if you have differing opinions. But well, shall um, I state mine? I'm not my. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure your opinion is probably quite similar to mine. But okay. go ahead. Uh, why the hell do we need a royal family? <laughs> why the hell? Why have we got a royal family? 2020. Why the hell have we got a royal family? Who wants it? No. And how does this... I mean, she, I'm sure she's a very nice person, the Queen. She was very nice. She invited me around to tea. But why Why have we got one? And, you know, what she that, she's born into this position, the, 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 the palaces and things. And, oh, by the way, it's not about money. It's not about money because if you're going to have a royal family, yeah, you've got to, they've got to have the uh, the what are they called the, the the palaces and and stuff. You can't have them living in a you know, two bedroom apartment in Peckham. No, they've got to have that. But why do we need them? It's not democratic. No, so I'm totally against the royal family. What are we want a republic? Give someone else the chance to be a president, just as a figurehead. I don't know, yeah. as someone who's done something for the country, like. Um, David Beckham, or I don't know. <laughs> oh <my laughs> that's, God. that's not that's not a good alternative, is it? So, um, and I would say, let, let just <laughs> let me get my pennies in <laughs> pennies worth in, John. I would say that my opinions are shared by perhaps about thirty percent, thirty-five percent of the population. I do agree that maybe sort of sixty percent are royalists in the UK, but there is a large minority of people who don't agree with the royal family. And you never see this. I watch French TV and you never, ever see anyone talking about the fact that, well, we don't all agree with the royal family. We don't think it's necessary. So I've got my pennies in there. What about you, John? Well, I would agree with you on the idea that 30, 35% of people would feel the same way as you. But I wouldn't agree with you on the idea that over 60% of the people would be royalists. I mean, I would suggest that you'd probably, again, have about 30, 35% of people who ah, are interesting. really passionate. Uh, I, I mean, I personally would say that I fall into the category, um, which you haven't mentioned, is where I'm quite indifferent to the idea. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, because I, I think that's interesting that you have a very passionate point of view. And, you know, I'm sure you could have a very nice... Um, five o'clock tea session with Jeremy Corbyn to discuss this. But yeah. for me, I'm quite indifferent. I mean, I can see the benefits of having the royal family in terms of it being a brand. I think economically it's very good for the country because it is like a brand. So therefore it generates a lot of money for the country in terms of tourism as being a brand and an idea of do you think British. tourists really, John? Do you think tourists come? Oh, we must go to England because they have a royal family. We might, on the off chance, meet the Queen or Prince, <laughs> well, uh, somebody well, or other. No, well, not to that extent. But I think <laughs> people buy into the idea of what Britishness is and relate it to the royal family. So, you know, for me, for example, when there's the Queen's Jubilee and uh, you know something to do with the royal family, I don't think that harms us internationally. I think that's something that people see as as being something as that is quintessentially british or something that is like our brand so i think i don't know yeah they were talking about when george was born that it automatically earned the country six billion pounds for i don't know how they worked that out for them 
<laughs> no, for the country in general. I don't, I don't know how they worked that out and, and how they came to that conclusion. But I thought that was an interesting thing. But also, the reason why I don't think we should have a republic is because I think diplomatically it really helps. I think having people in a position of power who don't have a political agenda... I think really helps it diplomatically. So I think yeah, but when... you can have a figurehead president, as many countries do. Just somebody, you know, the and a mathematician or something that's a footballer who's done something for the country, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but why should it be somebody who's just born into it? And well, can yeah. I say and okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, and I agree with that idea. But I think a lot of the thing is is it's about longevity as well. The fact that the Queen has been on the throne for that period of time means that when prime ministers come and go, you know, whether this will be true of the next monarch, I don't know, but certainly this Queen is known for, for being quite smart and knowing quite a lot of things. So the fact that she's been on the throne for a long time and speaks to the new prime minister and says, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I know... I know this guy. Yeah, I've met him about 10 times. He's a really good bloke. I can, you know, put him in contact with you. And we've had a few discussions about the state of the world. And, you know, I, I can tell you what he thinks and things like that. So I think having that longevity means that there is knowledge that a president, a figurehead president wouldn't have because they wouldn't be in the role for such a long period of time, but also means that they have had a diplomatic relationship, which is slightly different as well from a president. So therefore, when other members of state from other countries are speaking to them, I think they are almost speaking to them in a very neutral way. Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a fair point. However, <laughs> however, I think when you're doing things, you know, on, on, a, on a hereditary basis, you're giving someone the, the role of head of state on a hereditary basis, then you're taking risks. And I remind you of Edward VIII, it was Edward VIII, who, um, who resigned as... Is that the word resign? You say uh, abdicated. Isn't abdicated. It? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> who abdicated? He was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. He married Mrs. Simpson, and they went on honeymoon to Nazi Germany, where they met Mr. Hitler. Was it 1937? I'm not sure when it was, but yeah, he was a Nazi. And had if Hitler had invaded Britain, they would have put him back as a puppet head king so you're leaving things to chance yeah well yeah very much so but i suppose to a certain extent that's why he was kicked out by the way not because of this ridiculous like uh, a romantic story of marrying mrs um, wallace simpson no that's that's all hollywood no the real reason was because he was passing on secrets to the german embassy yes yeah sure but that tells you something though doesn't it 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 shows you that i think there's a an idea that in this country from an international perspective some people feel that the monarchy has a lot of power in the united kingdom 
And that probably demonstrates the fact that it doesn't really. It is just a figurehead, isn't it? It, you know, if we wanted to put the Queen in prison, I guess we probably could, right? You're reading my mind. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I don't want. I like the Queen. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Uh, no, but by the way, I just want to clarify one. But people assume when you say I'm a Republican, I don't with the Royal Family. They assume you're like you're you're a Marxist, Leninist, you're extreme left. No, I'm not actually. I'm sort of you know middle of the road politics. I don't think it's anything to do with left or right. It's just a question of uh, what you think is is. Um, democratic but it's just it's just my opinion i think a lot of people when we talk about this this podcast about cliches and i think you might agree we might have different opinions to some extent but not everybody is crazy about the royal family that's certainly not true well it's interesting because i don't think i've met anybody who's crazy about the royal family so it always really <laughs> surprises me when we have these kind of I don't know occasions yeah. where we're very patriotic towards the royal family. Uh, you, you know, you know what, Joel? I was was a few years ago. I tell you, there was a, a jubilee or some a royal celebration. I can't remember. And I was accidentally, or not, I was accidentally in central London. I was coming home from another event, and I was in the middle of the crowd celebrating this uh, uh, royal event, and everyone was foreign. Or a few people from the <laughs> north of England. All I heard was like foreign people. There you go. To celebrate. It's yeah, a brand. Tourists enjoying it's a brand. it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But I think most British people, they were just at home. What's going on here? I don't know. Can't get home. There's so much traffic. What's going on? <laughs> and that was a jubilee. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, John, let me ask you a, a difficult question. If these cliches are not true, what are we like? What are the British like? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, some things are true. I think British people are quite open-minded to a large extent. We're an island nation and also so a little bit open-minded but at the same time, a bit suspicious about, you know, other, other places. We like to be different. I think that's true of a lot of people from island nations. And I think we like to be a bit sarcastic more than other. They don't get the humor is a bit sarcastic. Like we're like taking the piss, an expression which doesn't even exist in, in some other languages. I think that's true. And can you add to, to my list? Yeah. And I'm trying to think what I should say now. I'll add something though, because somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody told me. So I didn't realize, I never realized until recently, uh, someone, I asked somebody about what is your experience of England? Somebody's lived in England for a long time. Mm. And she said, English people always keep frozen peas in the freezer. I don't. <laughs> you don't? No, there's always an exception, right? I no, think I you might be an exception. No. But uh, okay, you are an exception, John. <laughs> because, because in a non-scientific survey, I, I did that. And that is kind of true. And I didn't realize that. It didn't cross my mind. Well, there's always exceptions that prove the rule, right? So, and, and yes, true. Another thing I should say, which is true, which I, I like in England, is that admin is generally much less in other countries. In France, in other cases, always like lots of forms to fill in, and, uh, lots of bureaucracy. In, in England, it seems to have done away with a lot of it. It's a lot of its word of mouth. Even the constitution, 
the constitution's unwritten. Yeah, was that, that's true. We had the constitution. Was that bit again? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. No, can you ask somebody if they can remember the constitution. Yeah, it's unwritten. Yeah, but, and and that causes problems in some situations, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I think just to sum up, I would say that these stereotypes, these cliches, make the world an easier place. It simplifies the world. But in reality, I think not just talking about English, talking about whichever nationality. Uh, no, don't don't come into a new relationship, a new interaction with these stereotypes in your mind. You know, judge it's always important to judge everybody with a sort of clean slate from nothing. Just judge the person on who they are, and don't make assumptions about what they're like because of their, their, their whatever their, their their country, the color of their skin. Uh, their religion no forget about it just just judge them yeah i mean i think i think it's yeah as you say it's wiping the slate clean isn't it and you know not having those kind of ideas isn't it or or make make jokes out of it have fun about it i mean i think yeah you can tease it, people about it yeah i don't have any problem with that yeah yeah i mean i think the these ideas of stereotypes are nice to have a bit of fun about it and you know yeah especially if I, I think generally people do have a bit of fun with it and say oh yeah you know english people always drink tea don't they and it's like yeah yeah italians always eat pizza don't they you know just having a bit of fun because it's it, you know it's true but sometimes it can become nasty obviously tea drinking is not nasty but you know when you're talking <laughs> about it, of the different different nationalities there are some very negative stereotypes um and so yeah you have to be careful about that yeah sure but I, I would like to hope particularly face to face i mean in my experience i don't know about you but face to face i've never really experienced nastiness between people which mm -hmm. which i find very very comforting and makes me feel positive about the world in general because you know i think face to face interactions people are very nice and civil and and are not nasty i mean i think often these things just yeah. happen in the online world don't they possibly yeah <laughs> or maybe i'm being naive or people are just nice when they're around me i don't know is it online on the online world yes i was just thinking of some of the comments i i get on my uh, youtube <laughs> channel saying how it... wonderful you are your wonderful beautiful hair and you know, no no more. it's straight it's quite funny because i also get these these comments uh uh, because obviously I'm not blonde and I don't have blue eyes. Uh, I have a sort of, as a mixed heritage. But people, they have these cliches, and they say they look at they look at the video and goes, "He's not English." I could hear an Indian accent. He's not fooling me. I could hear his Indian accent. I go, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> or I definitely yeah. can't hear your Indian accent. Yeah, no. could, <laughs> the way he said the R's, it was definitely an Indian R. <laughs> You're like really. <laughs> <laughs> worse than that yes yeah yeah okay uh, we'll go into that another time curious yeah. <laughs> okay john thank you now's your moment in the sun to plug your stuff tell the listeners about uh, your podcast or whatever the the moment in the rain and yes my podcast is english with monty please take a, a look or you shouldn't take a look take a listen I should say, because my podcast is about the English language as well, but it's slightly different to Gideon's. 
maybe more focusing a bit more on on grammar and experiences than London, I would say. Okay, thank you, John. And I remind you to watch Let Them Talk TV, our YouTube channel, and take care, everybody. See you yeah, soon. take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.